one. Hey everyone, it's Ken Allen with the MS Gym. Uh, today I'm going, I have a special guest with me and today is January 9th. Uh, just turned, we just started a new year, 2019. And one of the things I, I really wanted to do this year a little bit more was feature different, different people from our community, different members, bring in different experts. And it's something I did a little bit last year, but it was one of my goals this year. And I am sticking to it. <laughs> so I have my first guest today, and I don't even have to, I don't have an official name for the series yet. I mean, I'm going to bring in Brian in a minute and introduce him, but we have a lot of platforms, as you guys know now. We have a podcast, we got a free Facebook group, we, we're growing our YouTube presence, so I could post this in a lot of places. So I don't have an official catchy name. <laughs> um, I'm going to try to share this as much as possible because I think this is going to be a really valuable interview and you guys are going to get a lot out of it. So before I bring him on, just to give you a little background, uh, Brian, Brian King joined our MS Gym community, I think it was about a month ago or so, and I happened to just, just catch his name one day on Facebook and I don't even remember what caught my eye at the moment, but I saw his, uh, something made me click on his profile and I saw some really cool stuff that he's, um, I, he's doing a lot of cool stuff on mindset coaching, um, also coaching people with chronic illnesses, how they can work from home and, and make, make a living, which is something that he does. Um, he also, he has MS and he's got a bunch of other conditions, which he can share with you as well. He's got a really fascinating backstory. So I'm like, I gotta, I gotta meet this guy. So, so we had a quick 15 minute conversation, like right, right, right before the holidays and awesome guy. He, he was happy to come on and, and here he is today. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce uh, Brian King. How you doing, Brian? Doing pretty good. You know, we can get into the details. There's always a roller coaster ride, not only when you have an illness like MS, but also when you're raising a family or running a business and having to, to balance all of those things together. So can you start, if you, can you tell everybody a little bit about your background, a little bit about your backstory? Well, I grew up with undiagnosed ADHD and dyslexia. My graduation present from high school was stage three testicular cancer. So that really began my adventures in health, so to speak. Uh, I got married in my 20s, got three boys, all of whom have Asperger's and ADHD. So I had to become an expert on what's going on with them to raise them effectively, to be contributing members of society. And through them, I learned that I have ADHD and dyslexia. And within the past five, six years, it's when I was diagnosed with the two really heavy hitting disorders. One is the hypermobility type of a condition called Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. It's an inherited connective tissue disorder which can affect you in a variety of ways. In my case, it makes the ligaments and tendons in my joints too slack. So my joints are very unstable. My, the, the saddle joint in my thumb often starts popping out. My clavicles partially dislocate when I work over my head. My kneecaps get stuck. The, the bones in my ankles and my feet sometimes pop out of joint, need to be popped back in. So I have all kinds of exciting things ha happening in that arena. And then these wonderful symptoms that have been going on since 
the mid-2000s were finally diagnosed about 18 months ago as MS. So, and, and on top of that, I have polycythemia, which makes my blood run too thick. So I occasionally need a literal bloodletting so that I don't have a stroke. So, so there are all these wonderful little things that are swimming around in there that basically says, yeah, you want to live another 30 years? Well, you get ready for it, buddy. You're going to appreciate this every single day of your life. You know, so I can't take it for granted for one second. So you've got a, you got a pretty dull life, I could tell. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Some, sometimes I just you know, twiddle my fingers in front of my eyes just for entertainment. You know, there's so, so little going on. Now, but now, with all that said, and obviously – just raising your boys could probably be its own separate, like, two-hour conversation, right? Oh, but, it's, it's a reality show, man. Um, but here you are. You've got a big smile on your face. <laughs> and as, as I shared in the intro, uh, you help others with mindset. And, mm-hmm. mind, you know, you, you've delved pretty deep in mindset. And you've done an amazing job in your own life over, overcoming and making the best of your circumstances. So... Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, I mean, you're laughing, but you know, there's a lot of people listening right now who are like, who are in a similar situation as you are and maybe can't laugh or are just can't even get out of bed today and are in that dark hole. So, you know, what, what would you, what do you want to say to people listening today who, who feel that way, who are like, I, I can't, great, Brian, Brian could joke about this, but it's not so funny for me. Well, first of all, I, I don't live in a state of perpetual bliss. You know, I have my moments. I just had one the other day, like I shared with you before we got on the call here, is I found out beginning of the week that the MS is now affecting my breathing muscles because I've been short of breath for a year and it's hard to get upstairs to walk across the room without huffing and puffing. And now I kind of have confirmation as to why. And immediately my thoughts started going towards, holy cow, I'm going to suffocate to death. And then I need to reach out to my own support system to start pulling that back in and start thinking about, okay, Brian, what can you focus on now? You even suggested, hey, you know, don't put the cart before the horse here. You know, just take it with a grain of salt. And having those reminders, having a solid support system is absolutely critical. You know, as good as my mindset game is, it can't exist in a vacuum. It has to exist within a very healthy support system. So having people around me like that is critical to maintaining what I have, validating it, and also giving me some stuff I haven't learned yet. So that's key first and foremost, is having people that can help you out of the funk instead of just swimming in it. Another part is insisting upon not taking myself so seriously. And that takes a willingness to laugh at your human foibles. Not to minimize MS, it's some serious stuff, but everyday stuff that makes you just like everybody else. Now, having moments where you say something dumb or you know, bump into the wall for the 5,000th time, I joke a lot about my clumsiness because it helps me to not dwell on how much I miss being able to dance and go for long walks and do martial arts like I did for years. Making, making light of it, making play of it, You know, a big part of my mindset is staying in touch with my sense of wonder and discovery, the fact that there are still new things in my world that I can appreciate as opposed to focusing on everything I've lost. The more I can go from one day to the next saying, oh, man, that was awesome or 
great advice, great TED talk, something that just keeps me in that student mode. As long as there's newness and discovery in my life, it's really, it's much easier to stay engaged and feel like, hey, I'm still moving forward here. I'm still finding things. I'm still growing as opposed to, man, look at everything I've been robbed of. Yeah. That's a really essential component to how I think. So was there a moment, and you know, we focus a lot in the MS Gym on mindset, and Trevor does a lot of stuff on mindset. We do the Motivational Mondays every Monday mm -hmm. and a lot of other stuff. I'm curious in your journey, and I want you to talk soon about about your mindset coaching, but obviously you didn't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to focus on mindset and help others. You, you, in your own life, you said, I'm going to help myself first. Oh, that's exactly how it happened. Okay. Yeah. Was there a, mo a moment you could look back on where you just maybe hit rock bottom or just said, what was there a trigger to say, you know what? I want to focus on the mental game. I I'm going to delve into, you know, learn as much as I can. And what, what did that look like for you? I can give you the date. Okay, there we go. <laughs> September 26, 1988 was the day I was told I was in remission from my cancer. And during that time, you know, it was right after high school, so my support system disintegrated. People were going off to their post-graduation vacations. They were looking at colleges, whatever. They weren't there for me. They were moving on with their lives. So I felt abandoned. I was miserable. The doctors weren't being honest with me about, hey, is the chemo working? So many unknowns. I felt miserable. My whole body hurt. So many things going wrong at one time. I've had almost no support. It was really easy to get dark in my thinking and my emotions. So once I was told I was in remission, I said, well, I kind of had this insight that, man, well, if I'm going to keep living, I don't want to be miserable. I don't want to keep feeling like this and thinking I'm a big victim. I want to do something better. With that second chance, I want to be more deliberate, more conscious. I want to create my life. I just don't want life to happen to me like it just did. And I committed that I was going to immerse myself in whatever I could find to help me be more powerful between my ears. And because I had felt left behind by the people in my life, I declared that I was never going to let somebody else feel alone in my presence. I wanted to make sure that they knew that they mattered to me, that I would give them my time and my attention to the best of my ability if I was available, and that I was going to serve other people. And that's been 30 years now that I've been working, falling off the horse, getting back on, life events happening like a divorce, other illnesses, having kids with special needs, and having to reach out yet again and find new people who have expertise that I don't so that they can help advise me and I can grow in that area, then something else would happen and I would have to find even new people. So just life by itself has not only been testing those declarations I made all those years ago, but has also been making it necessary to you know, put my money where my mouth is and help me grow in ways I never anticipated growing. So personal growth, learning more humility, more gratitude, meeting new people has become a way of life and, and not on the terms I would wish upon anybody, but I'm making use of it. And it's not theory. 
this is all real life. You've been tested oh, man, over and over and over and over. <laughs> it's like, oh man, you're too comfortable in those trenches. Let me throw in a grenade or two. And hey, is this barbed wire sharp as it could be? Nah. Okay, let's roll in this new heavy duty stuff. So, and let's talk about the coaching. So, do you have any 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 rituals that you? What is your routine when you feel yourself going down to that slipping? <laughs> mm-hmm. What does that look like for you? you? How do you catch yourself? What, you know, what's that process look like for you? Well, I catch myself typically thinking, what was me? Why me? Feeling like things are happening to me. Thinking the worst. And sometimes I catch myself sooner than later in the process. But when I do catch myself, I say, wait a minute. I do not want this to be my experience of this moment. I know I can do better. I've done better. What do I want to think instead? And then I go through my self-talk habits and I ask myself these key questions. What's the solution? What are you going to do about it? Who can you call? Because I immediately want to think of some action that I can take, one simple action that'll put me on a new path, as opposed to all the negative self-talk, which is isolating. It's scarcity focused. I, as quickly as possible, want to think, what can I be grateful about in this moment? What am I taking for granted? And there are times when I'm in bed, I'm in pain or I'm fatigued. I hear my kids playing downstairs laughing. I start feeling guilty because I should be down there with them. And then when I switch to gratitude, I start thinking, it's so wonderful that I can hear them laughing. It's great that they have each other, that they're happy kids. You know, then I start looking at the house. Man, we have this house over, you know, I have this roof over my head. We've got wonderful neighbors, and I just start counting my blessings, literally. But it's not like I'm making a list. I'm remembering an, ex- an alternative experience to the one I talked myself into. Because when I start thinking, it's, it's wonderful I can hear my kids laugh, I take a moment to feel the gratitude for that. Because it's not enough to think, oh, but I have all these things to be grateful for and totally keep it a mind game. you got to feel it if you're going to shift your emotions. Because thought alone isn't going to do it. That's a big so distinction. So you need to have a genuine. You have to have a genuine experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a big distinction because it's easy to just keep keep going and not stopping and actually feeling something in the moment. Yeah. Well, you know, one of my concerns about affirmations, which a lot of people advocate, is that it's very easy for it to just become this rote exercise mm-hmm. of repeating these very pleasant, optimistic thoughts you've written down, and you don't let it become an emotional state. And if that's how you're practicing it, these affirmations aren't going to get you anywhere. Yeah, so this, is, this is great stuff. And so I'm, I'm just curious, so where was the transition in your life to, uh, obviously, you made it, at first, like, like most endeavors, right, things are, it's for selfish reasons, right? You immerse yourself because you wanted to help yourself. Live oh, yeah, I mean, what, what is our primary directive as human beings? Survival, Right. And that's one of the things that we default to. And so many of these situations where I've been given a diagnosis or a life event where I felt like, oh my God, my life is over. You know, when my wife left me, my ex-wife left me, she left me and my boys for an old boyfriend from high school. She couldn't handle raising three autistic kids and she bailed on us. And now I am a single father of three kids. What the heck am I going to do? I went into a deep depression. I can't do this. I don't have what it takes to be a single dad. All of this, you know, woe is me, defeatist stuff. And then when I realized 
man, this is an icky place. I, I, I feel like I'm shrinking, I'm dying, I'm disintegrating, but I can't do that because I've got three boys watching me live my life. I've got to think about them. So when I made that mental shift, now all of a sudden I've got to move from I'm dying, I'm suffocating to I've got to find a way to be abundant again. I've got to survive. I can't let myself die. So that survival instinct kicked in. So, so, so where is the shift from you helping yourself, right, just to deal with your own, to get through your own life, to I want to help others. I'm going to be a coach and I'm going to create something different for myself. And I want to work from home so I can be with, with my boy. Like, you, life by design. We, right. And we always say right. in the Amish gym, life by, by design, not diagnosis. And you're a perfect yeah, and, example. And I say, I say life by design, not by accident. <laughs> you, know, you, you don't want there to be success who goes, oh, man, how the heck did that happen? Must have been luck. You, yes. know, you don't want it to be that way. You want to have your conscious decisions leading the way or influencing as much as possible. So tell us about, tell us about that part because that's, that's, that, that's fascinating to me. Well, let me, let me answer your question as well. I'll try and answer them together. Uh, I, uh, my background is in social work. I have a master's in social work. I worked in the private sector for many years right out of uh, graduation. And then my kids began getting diagnosed with their various challenges and the schools were not prepared for them. So I spent a lot of time on phone calls, school meetings, often having to go and pick up my oldest from school because he had another meltdown, a panic attack. He tried to run out of the building. He almost hurt a teacher and the school wasn't doing it. So the first step was I realized I needed to pull him out and start homeschooling him. And by now, X didn't step up. So I, knew, I, knew I needed more flexibility in my schedule to be there to help him. So a lot of things came together that kind of pushed me into opening my private practice to work with families of kids that have ADHD or Asperger's. And I was able to hang my shingle, working part-time at the end of my nine to five days. And in four months time, I replaced my daytime income because the demand was so huge in my area that I was immediately successful. I was very fortunate. So I was able to quit my day job and be there for my son and balance that with the full-time practice. And within the course of a year, year and a half, I was working 15 hour days. <laughs> I was seeing all these clients. I was almost never home, you know, which I'm sure kind of fueled the divorce as well. But then once she split, I said, how the heck can I work 15 hour days when I'm now a single dad to three boys? So I had to find a way to be home. And I discovered the coaching model, signed up for a coaching course to teach me how the rules were different, how to find clients and the cyberspace and all that. So I had to make that shift. And that was in 2009. And since then, I've been doing coaching versus therapy. And it's morphed as my life has morphed. You know, when it was all Asperger's ADHD all the time, that's what I would talk about. And that's what people would be drawn to. So those are my clients. And then I started being told, man, you're really good at this business thing. You should coach entrepreneurs. So I started working with some business people, people that wanted to transition from the 95 to business world. Then I started getting all these diagnoses. And these diagnoses, especially the MS, significantly impacted my ability to do a job in a traditional way. Being able to sit in front of a computer and be energetic and work long days and do stuff in the evening my fatigue started catching up with me. Now, you know, after you and I are done talking, I'm going to lay down. 
because there are certain times, no matter how much caffeine I ingest, where my energy just tanks and it's relatively predictable. So I need to do stuff in the front end of the day. You're not going to get any evening appointments from me because by then I'm starting to slur my speech. My brain is foggy. It's hard for me to concentrate. It's all a mess. So if I tried to accommodate somebody else's schedule at my expense, my services would suck. So I've got to do things early in the morning. Sometimes I have got to do a coaching session from bed. Where I'm laying there, I got my iPhone, <laughs> talking to somebody through Zoom like we're doing now, and I tell them, this is what's up. Yeah. I'm Right now I'm balancing self-care with your needs, and as long as you can roll with this, we're going to be fine. And it, it works really, really well. And I'm very transparent on social media about what I'm going through. Because I want to model resilience, resourcefulness, being able to adjust to what life gives you instead of being stopped by it. And a lot of my Facebook friends began seeing this. Friends that have chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, some other challenges. And they said, man, you're so good at making your life work, even with these difficulties. You know, I've been thinking about starting my own business because I can't work anymore. Could you teach me how you do what you do? And it never occurred to me to go after that demographic, but one person, then two people, then five people. And enough people started being really eager to learn this that I said, okay, well, if this is where my attention is being drawn, I need to pivot. So now I'm known in the, the sphere of people that know me as the mindset king <laughs> because of the degree to which I, I've taken this on and can understand it at very deep levels. Not very superficial, rah-rah thing, positive stuff, but the parts of yourself people are often terrified to go to because that's where the shame lives and where the depression and the low self-esteem is. I've gone to those places because I don't want to live from those places or be sabotaged by them. So I've gone there to do the work. And when people come to me and want to tackle that stuff, I know how to take them there safely so that it's healing instead of traumatic. So my social work background serves me beautifully as well as my own ability to introspect, my willingness to go there myself. And because of that, the people I work with benefit on multiple levels. Yeah. I, I know there's a lot of people. And, and again, I, I, I shared this with you before we, uh, when we talked earlier, before I started recording this, that I, I know a lot of people personally in the community um, who I converse with um, both verbally and through email who are in sort of that transition phase where they can't, they, they know it's, it's just not possible for to work a traditional nine to five anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and finances are, are, are tough right now and they'd love to make, create something for themselves working for home, making a schedule for themselves that would work for them, you know, and, and it's a challenge right now. And I get a, a lot of, I can't tell you how many emails I get a day saying, Ken, I, I love what you guys are doing with the MS gym, but you know, financially it's just a disaster for me right now. And I, you know, it's, it's heavy for me because you know, Brian, I mean, we, we're, we're a business. Trevor, Trevor and I, <laughs> Yeah, at the end of the day, you gotta you gotta make we, some money. You can't you can't operate like a charity. You're not gonna survive. We wouldn't survive. It wouldn't be good to anybody. So right. 
it's heavy for me some days because we do want to help everybody, but we have to, we have to, we have to charge, put a value on, on what we're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's heavy for me when I get some of those uh, emails, which I, I get a lot and I, I want to help people. Uh, I do what I can when I, when I think, you know, but I, I, I thought it would be cool to talk to you because I'd love for people to help themselves financially. Yeah. <laughs> So, well, one thing that really helps in my community, because I, I have an online community, is affiliate marketing. Because people that can't afford me, I have a free portion of my community. And of course, then there's the, the paid masterminds and so on. But I tell people, hey, if you like the free part, you like what I'm providing here, tell your friends. Bring them in. I'll form a relationship with them. If any of them sign up, I will give you an affiliate commission in exchange for helping me grow my tribe and what I'm trying to put out in the world. So if they really work that well and I can give them tips, suddenly they're making an income that they can then use if they want to, to get themselves caught up on bills or they can use it to earn their way into one of my higher end programs where we get down and dirty about how do you create an income for yourself with your existing talents. Right. So, so there are a couple different points of entry. There's different paths, and obviously, a lot, a lot of it is. Um, obviously, the affiliate marketing is more promoting other people's things, right? Right. For, for lack of a better term, but really, to to there's different paths, like you said. But obviously, really tapping into what can I do? What are my what's my skill set, and how can I? Because mm -hmm. a lot of people discount themselves. They they have all these years of experience, and everyone has their unique gifts and talents and skills. And a lot of people just discount it. They say, yeah, and you know, <laughs> yeah. well, and a big reason for that is they're still kind of stuck in the nine to five mindset. As far as how do you contribute? You show up at a place of business, you're somewhat of a generalist, mm -hmm. you know, your job description has you have 10 different things that you're good at. Therefore you meet this job description. And when you show up, you've got to deliver these tasks and there's got to be paperwork involved and there's got to be deadlines and they think very corporate or, or whatever word you want to put on it. In the digital space, you can market one product or one skill and you can monetize that because the digital space allows for specialists. So you can show up and say, I offer this one thing to you. And if you were able to find your tribe, which it's you know, search terms these days. Go to LinkedIn, go to, go to Twitter, you know, see who's talking about accounting, see who's talking about growing their floral practice or whatever it is. And if that's your zone of genius, what you really rock at, you can begin positioning yourself as the go-to person for a specific need of theirs and you can monetize that. So I'm short of breath. Okay, I'm not going to teach him exercise. I'm not going to teach him deep breathing yogic practices. I'm going to find what can I still do so well, regardless of all these challenges, that when I show up, I can rock this every time. Then that's what I'm going to sell. That's what I'm going to market. So regardless of how my body continues to decline, mindset is still something I can demonstrate and I can do it in spades because I focus so much on that. And if you're in bed, heaven forbid somebody's on dialysis, if you can sit there with a smartphone and you can write an article, you can record a quick video, you can give somebody a tip through Facebook Messenger, you can charge for that. 
regardless of how sick you are. So that's the, that's the reality I really want to impress upon people that the digital space, and this is an unintended rhyme, the digital space can be your saving grace. Yeah. Because yeah. of just how different an arena it is business-wise. Yeah, and, and you have the you work with people every day who probably there's a lot of people watching now saying, yeah, well, that sounds good in theory, or sound, maybe it worked for so and so. But you have people that were in that spot, doubting. Oh yeah, and, and right. <laughs> and, and what they do has you know nothing to do with each other. There's one lady I work with who has a traumatic brain injury, and she had to retire from her work with Social Security Administration. You know, she can't be in an office anymore. She gets fatigued. She can't follow the, the hustle and bustle. But what she realized she could do is teach other people how to navigate the application process because there's so much paperwork and it's so easy to do something wrong. And being able to help people do that, she can do it through email. She can do it through video chats, all that digital stuff. And she can do it while she's at a doctor's appointment, you know, in the waiting room. You know, she can do it from the comfort of her own couch. And we just got her her first paying client. And she came to me not knowing how to make you know, Facebook posts that would draw people out. She didn't know how to follow up. She didn't know how she was going to get paid. She didn't have any of that stuff. We put it all in place. We got her mindset to the point where she was confident putting herself out there. And like I said, she just got her first paying client and she's got many prospects in the pipeline. So... We can start from scratch. We can start from you've got something going, but you don't know how to monetize it. And people that are, have anxiety disorders, that they're afraid to put themselves out there, work on their mindset, help them get past that. So it really doesn't matter what you come to me with. We'll find a way to make it work. There's so many. It's am I'm always amazed uh, at in our in our MSM community how many different ta talents there are. I see people. I mean. We have some of the most artistic people, some of the most amazing writers, which is why I want to keep uh, writing. Our I mean, this, blog. This. But there, there's so many different people with different different skill sets. I'm in awe sometimes. Some of the th posts I see, I'm like, it just blows me away. Well, and some of these folks can collaborate. Mm -hmm. You know, if somebody came to you and says, "Well, I, I need all this content written for my website. I need a wonderful splash page that's that needs to be designed, and I need the copy for it too." Okay, so a web designer can pair up with somebody who's really good at writing and they can serve the same client with both of those skills and they don't even care, you know, oh, one of you's got cerebral palsy, one of you's got MS, they don't care. Can you produce the result that I want? Great, I will pay you. Yeah. So it's, that's, there's so many, so many options oh, here. So many things. It's funny, I, well, I'm just thinking of this. One of, one of, our, um, one of our members, uh, Brooke, Brooke Slick, she just sent me, I, and it reminds me, I got to watch it this weekend. She actually invented a product. She invented a, a, a walk. Um, I guess it's a wheelie walker, but it's, it's, it's much fancier. It's got all these compartments with the cup holder, and it, all, it comes back. It's really cool. Uh, she's got a patent on it. And I'm like, this guy's is it, is it like a walker or something? Yeah. And I'm like, this had, I'm like, Brooke, this is amazing. I'm like, she's like, I'm like, somebody's, so I'm like, this has got to, you got to go on Shark Tank with this. And next thing I know, she's, she's texting me an image with her in the Shark Tank uh, thing in the background. She was um, auditioning to be on it. <laughs> she's got, 
but yeah, no, this thing, this thing, gonna get out Walker, I definitely want to see that. Oh, this thing's amazing. So I, I actually have to watch. She sent me something else. I got to watch. It reminds me, I got to watch it this weekend, a whole PowerPoint presentation on it. But it just, yeah, there's just a lot, a lot of people with amazing different talents and skills. And what is it? Necessity's the mother of invention. It's just getting into the right mindset and, and tapping into, okay, what, what is possible here? You know? That's wonderful. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm going to, I want to get going only because I'm on, I'm, on I'm on a timeline here today and I know I want to get, you go rest. I know you got your rest time yeah. built in. So um, I, I just want to thank you for coming on today. This was awesome. Well, thanks for having me, Ken. This has been an exciting conversation. Yeah. And I, I encourage everyone um, listening to Brian now to, to check him out. Check out his stuff. I, I did. That's how we connected. Like I said, I just caught your stuff on Facebook. And I'm like, I got I to gotta meet this guy. So um, if people just want to check out your content, want to connect with you, what, what do you suggest? What's the best way? Well, start with my website, which is themindsetking.com. You'll be able to listen to all my past podcast episodes. I'm pretty sure there's a link to my YouTube channel there as well. Find me on Facebook or Instagram or wherever you like to be on social media and reach out, you know, send me a message, send me an email. Let's talk. I'll, I'll support you in, in any way that I can. Awesome. That's easy enough. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, I wish you well, Brian. I hope you, I hope you feel, I know it's been a rough week for you. So <laughs> it varies from day to day. Some days are better than others. It's just how it is. Yeah. Well, I hope you enjoy your weekend, get a little rest <laughs> and I'll get as much as I can. <laughs> and I hope we talk again soon. All right, buddy. That would be awesome. Thanks, man. Uh, thanks. Thanks for coming on. All right, guys, take care. And I will be joining you again with more awesome guests.